1: Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB At Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription
0: for only three ninety-nine per month.
2: Deep left field, it's gonna go. Alvarez ties the game.
0: Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used
1: with permission.
2: I like to remind people in New England, two thousand fourteen, it was put Jimmy Garoppolo in, get Tom Brady out. Mm. It's over. 2022, he just retired, and everyone's sitting there like he threw 50 something passes, almost 60 passes in his last game. He could really play. So I wouldn't go too hard off of what the people in New England are saying. What I'll say about Mac is the combine is sponsored by Noble this year. Mac is Noble. Mm-hmm. They know the future is Mac Jones.
3: Devin McCordy yesterday on Good Morning Football. Final hour, Jones, Mego with Arkin. Here on WEI, we're taking your phone call, 617-779-7937. Here's a movie pitch for you. Mac Jones, future of the NFL. No bull signs everywhere at the Combine. (laughs) Year one, the coaches are a little mean to him. Year two, they're not mean enough. And then year three, it's just right. Everything gets sorted out, and Mac Jones takes over the league. It's sort of like a three-little-bears... The three Look, little bears? Is that not what that film? Goldilocks. Is? Yeah, Goldilocks. I well, guess the that's, bears aren't little. That's probably. <laughs> that's probably what. You it know is.
4: what? Arcan. What? We're all. Struggling a little bit. No, today. we
3: we are Joe
1: House over here. Megan McCarthy, I said, not her name, Melissa McCarthy. And he's
4: Mc- sitting here with his three little bears. Is <laughs>
3: Megan McCarthy? Is that a celebrity? I was thinking of Megan. No, you're Markle thinking maybe. of
4: Jenny McCarthy.
3: Jenny McCarthy. No, no, no. To I know. yoshido Martinez, and Xander. It's, it's kind of good a good point. Rough, it's a good point. We jumped down that, all that all guy, <laughs> We jumped it's, down that guy's throat earlier. It's true. Today. It
4: is our jobs.
3: That's a good point. I don't know, it's not my job to know the three little bears or Goldilocks <laughs> Why or whatever. Do you keep insisting they're little? I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. I, it's It's got a little twist to the it. Three you know? little pigs. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. The, the bears and the pigs. I've uh, I've now screwed up. But when it comes to Mac Jones, uh, would you watch that film? Mac Jones, Future of the NFL. Again, 617-779-7937. We talked about this story yesterday. The, the Henry McKenna story. Hank, as I'm calling him now. He's getting big scoops. So Hank McKenna. At Fox Sports is writing about how, again, the coaching staff was just too difficult on Mac in his rookie year and they learned their lesson. There was a specific incident that they felt impacted Mac in terms of hard coaching too much, and their goal last year was to ease off of him. Henry McKenna said yesterday in his tweet, Some newsy info. A team source told me that coaches were instructed not to be too hard on Mac Jones last year in 2022. In an effort to protect him from being too critical of himself, there was an issue in twenty twenty one with Jones struggling after getting yelled at per the source. And Mego, you heard Hank, our guy Henry McKenna, you heard him say this was about one specific incident in twenty twenty one that they felt damaged him or went too far or whatever. And they thought that was a a a lesson that they learned where they could apply it better to him the following season, meaning last year.
4: Yeah. And it seems like they either took the lesson too far. Or once again took the wrong lesson which is kind of what Matt Patricia did in the instance where he said you know he was watching all the Alabama tape when he was taking over as offensive coordinator with Mac Jones and it's like first of all why don't you just watch Mac Jones' rookie year to see what he does well but then he was like okay I'm going to watch the Alabama take and his takeaway was like I'm going to go get you know a guy who can get up get a jump ball 50-50 style like Devontae Parker like that. That that's that was his main takeaway from that okay go deep so and you- so, again, it feels like you taking away the wrong lesson. So it sounds like, according to McKenna, there was one specific incident in 2021. And after he, Mac Jones, got reamed out in some fashion, coached too hard in some fashion around this incident, he struggled after that. And so, one, I'm dying to know what the specific right. incident is. What was is. the incident, right? Was it something on the field? Was it something in a meeting?
3: Let me ask you this. Do you think we'll get it? Do you think now all the reporters are on top of it and we'll get it? No. I wonder. People are talking over there, to Arkan's point. You said this earlier. People are starting to talk.
1: There's a lot of leakers. I think that absolutely (laughs) someone could uh, let this one out. It doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. Whatever it was, I'd imagine maybe if we don't get every single detail, we'll probably hear the nature of it. Maybe Max
3: Campbell want it out there. Maybe Max Campbell want that out there. They'll say, hey, you know, this is out there now. This is what happened, yeah. This story's out there. It wasn't that bad. Maybe Max... Maybe Mack will tell his side of it to try to clear it up. I wouldn't be surprised if we get our answer coming feeling up here.
2: feeling a little sorry for ourselves because, you know, whatever we come off the bye and stuff, but not to get into the details, but we just didn't practice well. And...
3: But this is what you think it was. That's, you think it has I to do with wonder,
4: that? I wonder about it because looking at 2021, he was, you know, on a pretty good tear along there for him for his rookie year, and then, boom, you hit the bye, and he comes out with that press conference, that – I thought in the moment was so strange, just bizarre, the way that he said that. And we were all trying to decode it at the time going, he's saying that they're feeling sorry for themselves because it's a late bye week because they had one of the latest bye weeks in the league. It was so odd.
3: Here's what I thought that was at the time. And I kind of still think it is. I thought he was pissed about only throwing three times against Buffalo. Really? Yeah, the week before the bye week, he only got to throw three times against Buffalo. And I'm sure he was pissed about that. And that's what he was feeling sorry about. It's like, well, we won, but I wasn't a part of the win. That's what I interpreted that as at the, at the time. But maybe it's all tied together. Maybe they're like Mac, like, snap out of it, wake up. You only threw three times. We won the game. Like, grow up. And maybe they tried to treat him like an adult, and he went the other way, and they crashed and burned. They lost three out of, uh, I'm sorry, three out of the last four regular season games. Four out of their last five. Their only win was against the Urban Meyer fallout of the Jacksonville Jaguars that year, not last year's version of the Jaguars, 50 to 10 Mm -hmm. might as well have been a preseason game. They basically lost all their last competitive games to end that year. And Mac went off a cliff and they said, all right, we got to treat this kid with kid gloves. And then last year they treat him with kid gloves and he doesn't like that either. So my initial reaction yesterday, and we talked about it at about this time yesterday, this came out in the middle of our show from uh, Henry McKenna and it's good reporting by him. My initial reaction was, well, which one is it Mac? Like, would you pick And that's a tough needle to thread. And maybe you're just hard to coach. Like, maybe you're just a difficult personality and a difficult player to coach because when they're too hard on you, you are angry about that. And when they're not hard enough on you... you lose your
4: confidence and you struggle after. Okay. I mean, it could just be that. Okay.
3: Sometimes it's about you, though. Sometimes it's not about everything around you. Sometimes you're the common factor here. Different coaches, you don't like how they're treating you either way. Like, sometimes you're the common factor here. And so... They can't be too hard on you. They can't be too soft on you. When they're coaching you too hard...
4: You're one of the little bears. You don't
3: like it. You're one of the little bears. And when they're not coaching you hard enough, you actually say, well, I want to be coach harder. Maybe you're a difficult personality to coach. That was my first takeaway with it. The further away we get from the initial reporting, and the more I thought about it, and I was thinking about this last night, I think it's a Bill Belichick story. It's less about Mac, and it's more about Bill. And why was Bill willing to change his ways with Mac Jones when he refused to do that for 20 years with Tom Brady. Like, he continued to coach Tom Brady hard, even when Brady was asking for him to ease up. After 20 years and six Super Bowls, he continued to do it. After one year with Mac, he bailed on it. And I just wonder if that's a, a softer side of Bill that I don't like. And I wonder what that says about Bill and his longevity and his future and how much longer he's going to do it and how effective he's going to do it. Like, to me, the more I think about it, it's a Bill story. Why'd he go easy on Mac? He never went easy on Brady. Why is he going easy on this kid?
4: Well, and to the point of you saying you don't like it, with Brady, it worked for, I would say, 90% of the time that they were together. And you can say, well, it blew up in the end. Okay, well, look what they got out of it. Right. I mean, he did a good job keeping Brady with that chip on his shoulder, even though he had become far and away the best quarterback in the league. You can say that it wasn't nice. That You can say that it's not positive coaching. And I, but I it think, worked.
3: I just think after 20 years, Brady earned... Saying, Bill, get off my back a little bit. If yeah. I if I really screw up, you can yell at me in a team meeting. But you're gonna yell at me in training camp for a throw I miss. Like uh, we don't need to do this, Bill. We're past this.
4: Well, and I, I we and I think that was some of the friction Mac, again and again.
3: Mac but. hasn't earned it. Mac just hasn't even come close to earning it. And Bill treated him better than he treated Brady. He backed off him more than he backed off Brady. So I do think that's a Bill thing, and I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, what does the story tell you more about Mac Jones? Or Bill Belichick. Mac Jones is just a modern athlete who doesn't like people yelling at him. Like, that's not really even a Mac Jones story. That's a story about the modern athlete. Yeah, how I can co- confirm that. How come Bill adapted to this kid? 617-779-7937. Meantime, we have some uh, <laughs> Boston phone uh, movie suggestions Rather on the phones here. Let's go to Ted in the car. Go ahead, Ted.
2: Good afternoon, guys. I heard you talking about Boston movies. There's a few I think that you didn't mention that I think you'd enjoy. Uh, one is a Mammoth movie called Heist with Gene Hackman and Danny DeVito. Okay. Uh, that like one's pretty them. good um Damn. and then of course there's um a perfect storm george clooney that's kind yep. of a boston-based definitely movie, not definitely not boston great. but okay
3: and then the yeah. other one the other one it says here on his call screen black mass which you yeah, didn't it's bring it's not up. a good movie i saw that one that one was it's not. It's
4: really not a good movie perfect
3: storm definitely not a boston movie definitely
4: not a good movie either <laughs> i'm sorry is it not? I'm not i i gave it a rewatch. i've not just seen it in a while for kicks like last summer. is it not good oh it's aged really poorly really Really, b- I mean it's fun to watch, but it's not a good movie. We're talking
3: about like good movies. Okay, and what was the other one? He said heist. I've never seen heist, never... which I'm looking at it right now,
1: and think it think says they school. rob a New York City jewelry store. It doesn't look like it, it was filmed. Okay. In, okay, in Boston. Oh, filmed? No, no,
4: no, 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 no. Filmed no, no, in Boston, but no. set in New York. Now, there's a lot of that there's a count. lot of movies out there that are filmed in Boston. That are doesn't are make it elsewhere. a Boston movie. Yeah, you okay, didn't explain
3: it well enough. Yep, that is that is on you as a lack of Meg's plan. No, what, Brian?
4: Rick is, Sorry, in,
3: Rick is in Wellfleet. I think this is what I thought the last call was. This is a suggestion. Go ahead, Rick.
2: Yeah, uh, how you? Know, how's everybody doing? There, there actually is a new movie out entirely set in Boston. What is it? Go, uh, yeah, go, uh,
3: go ahead, please. Yes.
2: It, it's called How to Rob. Um, Peter Horgan is the director. Uh, it's his first full length. Um, he's a young Cape Cod guy.
3: Okay, so it's, it's called How to Rob. And it's a new. Is that a song by Fifty Cent. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know.
4: Okay, I'm looking it up right now. That's what now. Boston
3: needs is another heist movie, though. I will. Tell. Uh, I mean, I like the idea of the Stuart Gardner one. I'm not going to lie, and the Brinks one for that matter. But that's what we need is another another heist movie set in Boston, crew
4: robbing criminals from Boston to Cape Cod. Okay. One guy wants out of the game, but it's not so
3: simple. Oh wait, so is that about what we were just talking about? Is he saying that's about the Martha's Vineyard one? That can't be. No. Or was it the Vineyard or so.
1: Nantucket? It was the Vineyard, right? Yeah, that was on the vineyard when it happened, and they took off off the
3: island. So Respectfully, no. on to, on I mean. They made it to the mainland. They made it to the Cape.
4: I haven't heard anything about this.
3: Okay. We'll have to do our research. Maybe he's, maybe he's part
2: of the One film.
1: more
3: job, Jimmy.
4: It seems like <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of that
1: flavor. Yeah, come on, Sully.
3: One more job, okay? I can't. I got kids now, yeah, Jimmy. No, I know, but then you're out for good and you're going to take care of them for the rest of the time. I don't
2: like sh- that, Jimmy. He's a
3: bad influence. Shut up, woman. Yeah, and you can, <laughs> I'm doing this for you. <laughs> no, but you can go to a small island and start over fresh. You're never going to stand out like a sore thumb. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, one more job. They, they, okay, Sully, let's <laughs> Do it.
4: The two-man stick-up crew <laughs> are named Sean Price and Jimmy Winters. Ah!
1: Okay. Sean Price. Th- there's got to be some sort of rap, because How to Rob is a 50 Cent song, and Sean Price is a very, well, he wasn't a famous rapper, he's a rapper who died recently. There has to be some sort of hip-hop connection there. I don't know what it <laughs> We're is. tie retire to
3: a nice place in Mantasket, <laughs> I, just lo- I just love when Arkan's hip-hop Spidey sense, like, yeah. gets, like gets, like Whoa! out of control. Like, he's got, like, he does... He is like very, uh, He's he's got a, a lot of knowledge when it I comes don't. to the hip-hop. Quick question. He yes. How do
4: we feel about Boondock Saints?
3: Oh, come uh, on. A garbage movie. That's Another a, one that's a I gar- rewatched. The first one's, one's good. The second one's unbelievable. No, that one is not good. I'll first say good. I'll That's say what this. I thought was good. When yes. I was in like college, because because I gave in the peer pressure, everybody's like, "This is a good movie." I'm That's like, I, "I guess this is good." When it,
4: I was like 15, I was like, "Look how many times they say the F word." Yeah,
1: that movie stinks. That scene where they both wake up in the middle of the night and like blurt out some <laughs> weird prayer is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I was like, "This movie sucks." <laughs> like, no, when, this. when Rocco comes back from the meeting and flips out at the two junkies in his apartment is maybe
3: my all-time favorite scene in any movie. Wow. Ever. So we got Ryan as a Whoa. fan. Okay. Deep cut. I'll wow. shoot myself in the head. And you tell me what color that cat was. Oh my god. Pink. Brown. I'm going to go ahead and
4: say I I started rewatching it recently at the gym cuz I was like, hey, why not fire it up on the iPad? This yeah, will be, be an entertaining workout movie. The gym. Yeah, that makes I sense. I got maybe like 12 minutes in, I was like, I can't watch this. All right. This is awful. Well,
3: that's uh that's where we're at on these Boston movies. Uh, 617-779-7937. Daryl from Walking Dead and then. We were also <laughs> discussing uh whether or not this latest report on Mac Jones says more about Mac Jones or more about Bill Belichick. I'd argue the latter. Let's get to uh, Tom Curran had an interesting or a couple of interesting things to say to Gresham Fourier (laughs) earlier today. Let's get to Tom Curran and what he told the guys right after Trending with Christian Arc.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. And I believe that they do. I believe they have enough. Yeah, no doubt that wide receiver is an important position for them. But if you roll it out, and, and right tackle is an important position for them. Connor McDermott, plus his soul, he's back. You had the Bod, Yodney Kajust is back. You look at these players and, and you say to yourself, they have enough talent. Ty Montgomery's under contract. He's a third down back. You have an outstanding every down back. You have one of the most dominant left tackles in football when he's engaged. You have one who should be an improving left guard. You have a, a Very good center, a very good right guard. And you have a defense that teams talk about still. Phil Perry was telling me he saw Jakob Johnson out at the Super Bowl, and Jakob Johnson said that was one of the best defenses we saw all year long. And I believe it. It's a very good defense. They don't have to go bananas, if you ask me. Oh, there it is. They don't have to go bananas. That was Tom E. Curran
3: on with Gresham Fourier earlier today. He'll join Jones and Mego with Arkhand on Thursday at 3.30. Uh, so mark that one down. Tom Curran joins us every week. Here on this program on WEI, we'll get back to your phone call. 617-779-7937. He was asked there, Mego by Christian Fourier what the theme of this year's offseason will be. Fourier keyed in two seasons ago when Curran had said that the Patriots are going to be uncharacteristically aggressive, and got Fourier it. could not get past that. And Curran ended up being right about that, yeah. so that's where we get the uh, they're good enough Okay, so they, Tom. they don't have to go bananas. They're good enough. That doesn't sound splashy. No. Going back to our conversation don't yesterday like about Damian Woody's comments to Karen Regan in the Boston Herald, we got enough? No, you don't. This team doesn't have enough.
4: Bill O'Brien is enough? That's the splash? Is Bill O'Brien the splash?
3: No. And by the way, Tom Curran was part of that sit-down breakfast off the record. Oh, no. Secret breakfast with Robert Kraft. And so Secret breakfast. now we're spotting dimes, eating onions. Now it's like, well, Kraft is telling all the ex-players like Damian Woody, we're going to go make a splash. Teddy Bruschi, Julian Edelman, they got to do this. They got to do that. Teddy Bruschi, and we're going to get T. Higgins in a moment. Go get T. Higgins, Damian Woody. The Patriots are irrelevant. Kraft is upset. Blah, blah, blah. Curran was part of that off-the-record breakfast, and he says, we got enough, don't go bananas. That's the off-season headline? That's, that's, I, I don't want you raising your season ticket prices when that's what you're doing. I don't.
4: That's... That's that's scary on offense because I feel like you absolutely don't. I mean, yeah, you can go play. Will you be better than last year? Probably marginally. With, I would uh, agree well, with that. We, and, okay, You should be marginally this is, better. This is assuming that you brought back Jacoby Myers, okay. which I don't think they're going to do because he's going to be so high priced. Yeah, but
3: by the way, that would fit under we have enough, let's not go. But like bringing back Jacoby Myers is...
4: That's we have enough. We got enough. he's coming back.
3: I, th- I mean, he's part of last year's team, so that's what that's how okay. I would apply that. So maybe Myers is a part of it, is all I would allow for, but...
4: Is that, is the, isn't that that just conceding that you're not going to compete with the Bills in your division, well, yeah, so a, who cares?
3: 100%. And it's like... And
4: how are you going to live your life like that for the next 10 years? And
3: you could be marginally better, but what if the Jets get... Aaron Rodgers, I, I keep saying this, but Aaron Rodgers is on his way out of Green Bay. The latest reporting makes it sound like he's gone. It sure does. Doesn't mean he's going to the Jets, but it sounds like he's gone. Or maybe they get my guy, Derek Carr, whatever, it's like... Even if you improve marginally, you have a gap to close with some of these other teams, and teams behind you might rip right past you if they get a quarterback. You know, like, let, let's let see what the Raiders get. Maybe they get Rodgers. Maybe the Jets get Rodgers. You know, the, the Raiders aren't going to get Derek Carr back, but it's like the quarterback musical chairs really could even things out quite a bit, and not just the teams in front of you that you got to catch. you got to fend off the teams behind you. So that, to me, is... That's a scary answer from Tom. We got enough.
2: Let's go play.
4: I agree because we focused so much on how atrocious the coaching was on two-thirds of the team last year. That doesn't mean that there weren't problems within the personnel, within your roster. Oh, yeah. There are definitely holes in the roster or just as we say often... The lack of elite talent. So that
3: that's scary. And I'm not shooting the messenger here with Tom, and we'll ask him about it when he talked to him on Thursday. And if you miss any of our interviews, again, you can go back and listen on the podcast anytime. Just subscribe to Jones and Mego with Arcan on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. You can find the Gresham Fourier podcast there as well. We'll ask him about this on Thursday. I don't want to shoot the messenger with Tom Curran. Like, he's just passing along what I'm sure he's hearing and being told. But that's scary that Bill may not get that it's a personnel thing, too. It's just, oh, I cleaned up coaching and that's going to be enough. That is that's not enough. And it ties in with something that Duke Tobin. Now, what is Duke Tobin's title again? Duke Tobin is the what?
4: Hold up. I'll pull it up with the you Bengals. just keep going with this. I'll so, clarify so the uh, a member the director of player, player personnel.
3: Yep. OK, so he's he's a front office, uh, you know, executive with the Bengals. You know, he's not uh, the GM. I don't think or maybe he is. Maybe it's a similar title. He's saying that T. Higgins isn't going anywhere. In fact, he's saying it very directly that T. Higgins is not going anywhere.
1: I'm in the business of making the Cincinnati Bengals better, and so trading T. Higgins is not on my mind. That's their problem. They want a receiver. Go find your own. You know, in, in my my opinion, you know, T. Higgins is a good piece for the Cincinnati Bengals. So, the trade stuff is a little ridiculous right now.
3: I love that. I love it. And it's what Mego's been saying, by the way, but now the Bengals are actually saying it and putting it out there at the combine. Yeah, receivers are hard to find. You go find one. Go find your own. Like I love that answer from They him.
1: want a receiver, go
3: find your own. So it's like maybe I maybe we have this backwards. Maybe it's not the Patriots don't want to make a splash. Robert Kraft desperately wants to make a splash. Maybe they look at it and go There's no water. There's there is there is nobody who's gonna move that is worth making said splash over. You know, T. Higgins isn't going to move. You know, who knows what they're hearing on DeAndre Hopkins or Jerry Judy or whatever. Like, maybe they just know the splashy move isn't out there. And so they're telling people like Tom Curran and other reporters, we have enough because you they know finagle one. Well, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just starting to we wonder. Let's go play. I'm just starting to wonder because the owner's saying they're irrelevant and he's worried about it. So how do we rationalize these two? At one end of the spectrum, Damian Woody is telling – Karen Garrigian, they got to go out and make a move. And Tom Curran, the next day, is like, we have enough. So I'm trying to just put the two together. Maybe they know they need to make a move, but the options aren't really there this offseason. What they thought was going to be there isn't there. And so they're trying to soften the blow in case they don't make a T. Higgins-level move because he's not moving.
4: It is scary. Like, if this is setting the narrative of, hey, don't expect any, yeah, there's a lot. Because here's the other thing. There's a lot of money that they have to play with in free agency. So what are they going to do then? I understand the wide receiver not, conundrum that the they're free agency Myers, market for the uh for wide receivers it's just like you're not going to get any va- the value that you could out of that. So you look at the trades and maybe look at the draft whatever. But what you you're just using that on Myers to overpay Myers, which I do think is overpaying him if this is what you're doing. I know you're not supposed to say that cuz it's what the market sets it at. No, but, but I would agree that it feels like an overpay. It's a
3: definite overpay.
4: I don't I don't I don't get
3: it. We were twenty seventh in the league in Cash Spending. Okay. So I don't know. I don't love that answer from Tom. And again, I'm not shooting the messenger. I'm not ripping him. I'm just saying if that's what he's hearing, he's as plugged in as anyone. If that's what he's hearing, I don't love the setup for the offseason, the backdrop for the offseason. How do you guys feel about it? Six one seven, seven seven nine, seven ninety three seven. Do you want the splash? Or are the Patriots good enough and you just gotta fix coaching and they'll get marginally better and that's the kind of season you want? Again, six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven.
1: I think that if you do that, if you don't, if you don't make a big splash and you just sort of improve the coaching and work with what you have right now, best case scenario, you get to where you were two years ago. Like that's sort of how I feel about it. Yeah. I feel like that's like maxing out what you have, which right better, now is being a fringe playoff team to get smoked in the first. Which round. is better, but it's, it's better not than this. Yeah, it's not,
3: and it's a step in the right direction. And maybe that takes some heat off Bill and some heat off Mac. But that's not championship content. Let's okay, take like but, a leap forward, you know, like yeah, it's... ok.
4: And also, if you're spending if this year, as we, as I know I've said, I feel that it's make or break for Mac Jones, why wouldn't you set him up the way that almost all the other young promising quarterbacks have been set up by their coaches, which is with an explosive receiver. So then you you surround him with good coaching and some nice weapons and one very explosive weapon. And then you get to see, hey, if he, if he doesn't make it happen with this, how, a, when is he going to make it happen? You
3: give him a good, honest shot. I agree. That's what they should do. It doesn't sound like from listening to Tom Curran that's what they're going to do. Uh, Ian is in Greenfield. Go ahead, Ian.
2: Yeah. So I think it, it's kind of simple in my opinion. I think Bill Belichick was really hard on Tom Brady because he knew Tom Brady was mentally tough and he could handle – the push, the constant push for 20 years from Bill Belichick, and with Mac Jones, after the during the first year he realized, oh wait, well this kid isn't like Tom Brady, so I got to adjust some things. And then at the beginning of the second season, I was just like, I oh. just
3: gotta I just gotta jump in on this, and this goes back to our Mac Jones discussion from earlier in the hour, the Henry McKenna report from yesterday uh, that we talked about yesterday, and that we were you know kind of following up on today and earlier this hour. Bill should have known. Like, Bill should know how you can coach this kid. It's Nick Saban. Like, what what else are you bringing in, guys, from that program? It's a great point. Unless you're getting intel. And it's like, these these buddies of Bill Belichick always let him down in this way. It's like, hey, Urban Meyer, could you give me a heads up, Aaron Hernandez? Maybe you don't know he's a murderer, but, like, he's running around and he's a problem. Could you give me a heads up on that? I, I would appreciate a heads up on that, Urban Meyer. Hey, Nick, could you let me know that Mac, like can't handle coaching and he's a difficult personality, maybe I won't take him at 15. Like, if he, if you couldn't go too hard on him, Bill should have known that better than anybody else. And so apparently that surprised him. Maybe he got bad intel, or maybe Mac really just is that difficult. I don't know, but Bill should have known, is all I would say. If he was See, doing his homework, he should have known.
4: You're going back to, though, saying that it's putting it on Mac and saying that Mac is a difficult personality. I agree more with your second point, which is it's
3: about Bill, Bill is taking
4: the wrong lessons away from some of these things. I mean, if this is all true, if there was an incident that happened in 2021, that really affected the way that Mac played on the field because of the way that someone had talked to him. Well, let's play it out. Him. Let's
3: play it out. What if it's what okay. we think it is? It's coming out of the bye week. Either it's because he only threw three times or they had a long layoff and he's feeling sorry for himself. Let's say it's that incident. And they just said, Mac, snap out of it. You know, in as many words, rougher words, rougher language. Mac, we're about to do our throwing drills. Oh, you don't want me to do handoff drills instead? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Mac said, but, like, what if it's just, hey, Mac, snap out of it in as many words, and it's rougher, harsher language. It's
4: personal.
3: Yeah, but just, if that's all it was... I would have zero problem with that if that's what the coaches were doing. Like but then Mac, wouldn't
4: it also possibly be run, jumping up. to the wrong conclusion of like maybe other teams adjusted for Mac Jones late in the season or maybe, maybe they, Mac Jones hit the rookie wall and yeah. he didn't really have much or, to do with that. Or
3: maybe Mac fattened up on the Jets twice and, you know, crappy teams that were injured like the Titans that year and maybe it was all a mirage and smoke and mirrors all allow for that. But their lesson was or their takeaway was we can't coach this kid too hard. And again, I... I do think it's a Belichick story. Like, why did Bell adjust? But I also think it's about Mac. Like, you're probably just hard to coach. If they coach you too hard one year, and they didn't coach you hard enough the next year, and Nick Saban used to call you John McEnroe when you were that, maybe you're just a difficult personality. Like, maybe there is a pattern and a trend, as we were talking about earlier with Tatum. Maybe there's a trend here with Mac Jones that you're hard to coach.
4: Do you think being a hothead athlete makes you a difficult personality? Yes. See, I, I do. I think that I makes think you. Lot, hot, I think does, a lot of it doesn't mean you can It doesn't mean you can't what are win. Doing? Yeah, does, what about that guy? It
3: doesn't mean you can't win, but does that make him hard to coach? Yeah, I bet Brady was hard to coach at times. Yeah, I bet Jordan was hard to coach. I, I, I think, and I'm not to say that Mac is either of those two guys, yeah, but I think some
4: company there. But
3: I think, I think hot are hard to coach. Yes, I do. I don't think they're easy to coach.
4: I have a soft spot for hot
3: I think the guys who are easy to coach are, you know.
4: Math, durr, 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 Matthew Slater and durr, 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 David Andrews and Devin durr, 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 McCourty and, you know, Bailey guys Zappi. like that. Durr, 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 durr. You, the the durr, guys
3: who durr, just say, yes, yeah, yeah, Bailey Zappi's easy to coach. That's yeah. why the coaches liked him. Because yeah, he's dopey. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Yes, Ryan, sir, whatever you need, sir. Ryan, uh, he's a dope. And also, Mac,
4: <laughs> Mac
3: Jones. I mean, let's, you know, there's a little bit of that going on as well. But when it comes to how easy you are to coach, no, the yes, sir, no, sir, guys, those are the easy guys to coach. Yeah. 100%. I Mac's not one of those. He,
4: he had to know who he was getting with Mac in terms of he wasn't just going to sit there and be a yes sir, no sir guy all the time, especially when you put him in the situation that they put him in last year where he's supposed to be yes siring, no siring that offensive coaching staff. I, you know who never said anything about that? Josh McDaniels. I mean, here, Josh McDaniels hugging all up on him after the Raiders game, being like, it's not your
3: fault. Not, it's not your fault. Not to bring it all back to this, but it, it does all go back to this with Mac in last year because it's Eye of the Beholder. How did you see it? I mean, did he have to yes or no start the whole year? No. Could he have gotten through July? Could he have gotten through July and just tried? Like, that's really one of my big critiques looking oh, back why? on Mac last that last year, too. Oh, he said that extremely
4: offensive thing of, I'm going to learn from him and he's going to learn from me because he's never done this before. But
3: that's a sign of cracks in the relationship and signs that he didn't trust the coaching. And, yeah. Oh, yes, I take that as yes, so that much
4: insecurity from Joe Judge. I'm the sure, most insecure reaction those I can imagine. Those guys
3: are insecure. I, just wouldn't so let, insecure. I just wouldn't let Mac off the hook for it. Uh, Tom Curran had a little bit more, by the way. What should their approach be at the draft? Which, again, we're already hearing from Phil Perry. They're Mm. trading back. Like, I heard this, and I was like, great. No blue-chip talent. It's another draft to trade back. What should their approach be at the draft, Tom?
2: They could certainly go either way. The reason being, they have enough places where they could use either depth because they have guys who are leaving, say tight end, for instance, and there's some good tight ends in this uh, class, or – obvious yawning needs right now to me that would be um, definitely offensive line other people would say wide receiver but to me you could go either way you can draft by need and hit you can draft by bpa best player available and still hit when you're sitting there at 14 so that's why it's a kind of a no-lose situation for new england i'd like them to trade up (laughs)
3: <laughs> I, I, when I, when I don't want them to stand pat I don't want them to sit back and move back I'd like them to trade up we talked about this briefly yesterday the first pick is up in the air so is the third pick I read today Arizona's like yeah we'll trade the third pick and, and who knows every team says we'd trade anything but like shouldn't they be calling about that why are they already talking about trading back when there's a bunch of picks in front of them that are up for grabs you need blue chip talent you don't have any blue chip talent? Go get some blue chip talent.
4: Well, it's funny to me that if Phil Perry said basically the blue chip talent goes about 10 picks deep and then it really falls so, off. So get in the top the 10. And the lesson from being 14 then the immediate reaction is okay, we're going to trade back and right. let, get more on, you know, later parts of the draft rather than we're really close to that blue chip talent. We're going to trade up in there.
3: Thank you. Like that's that's a hundred. That should be the takeaway. That's not how Bill thinks. No. Bill says, well, there's a rec- A team's calling up the board to go get a receiver at 14, even though we never get the right receiver. We'll trade back and get the same thing I'll at 21. This time, that was the exercise that Phil Perry did, which is crazy. I'm with you, Mego. If there's only 10 blue and again, chip players, not
4: to knock Phil Perry, he no, no. does this. He's the best at this, I think, locally and tied in, and has talked to Bill about how about how he does the draft, and so. Again, not to shoot the messenger, it's just that's funny that that's their immediate inclination. No,
3: no, you're right. If there's only 10 blue chip guys, you should be trying to get the blue chip guys, not trade back and get more of the same crap that you usually do. we got enough. No, you don't. Uh, we'll talk to Tom about this on Thursday. Meanwhile, David's in the car. Go ahead. No, he's not. David is not in the car, although he does be say like here, that. he does say no one likely knows the issue with Mac. Other than himself and Bill, He's going to say, "Thank you for taking the call." That's that's probably true. He probably would have said that, and he's probably right about the Mac incident. I we said this earlier. I wouldn't be surprised if that well, comes Henry out.
4: Henry McKenna knows about
3: it. <laughs> I wouldn't be well, we, but he doesn't know this. He's not saying the specific incident, it's right? True. Maybe he knows. I guess you're right. He could not report it and keep it in his back pocket. Often, reporters don't report everything they know. But I wouldn't be surprised if it, if Mac Jones and his camp put out what it was, because this story again doesn't make him look good. So maybe there's some pushback from his camp. Uh, 617-779-7937. David in the car and everybody else, you can hang out there. Rich Keefe comes your way at the top of the hour, so jump in line for Rich. And it's got to be Andy Hart tonight. It was Fitzy last night, so it's got to be Rich and Andy Hart. They come your way at the top of the hour. We have Endgame next. After the end
4: of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight better than reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and medella is your reward. medella the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Y'all want to play a f***ing game? Game over, man. Game over. You little punk. I want to be your endgame,
0: end game. I want to be your
1: Endgame brought to you by Cars for Kids. Don't waste your time trying to get rid of your old, broken car. Cars for Kids, the easiest, fastest way to donate your car and get a tax deduction. Go to carsforkids.org today. That's cars with a K. Endgame. we got three questions here. Um, I believe Jones won yesterday, so I guess uh, Megan will get the honors here today. If she tries to even things up on the week. And we'll go with question number one. Pretty easy, I think. You guys should probably both get this.
3: Uh, oh, see, I don't like when he I does this. I hate when he does that. Well, sorry.
1: Oh, oh, you know, I
3: mean, any fool out there would get it. He's Arkan, we Arcan we haven't gotten a name right yet today. That's true. So Between true. Joe House and Megan McCarthy, and the Three Little Bears, and whatever. Like we've, got think there was The callers one. couldn't either. Yeah, we've yeah. got, Edgar. we've gotten nothing right in all day long, and he's like, well, oh, I think any fool would get these. I don't oh, like that he does Shido,
1: Edgar Martinez, and Xander. And that guy and, was better
3: than us and, today. No, it's he, he yeah, we were very harsh on him earlier, and I forget who it was, but I'd like to apologize retroactively because he, he brought the names today. And, karma. And we really weren't. It is karma. All
1: it right, is. here you go. Here's question number one, which may or may not be easy. David Pasternak, close to a 60-goal pace this season. This Bruins legend cracked 60 goals four times in his career. Wow.
3: Mm-hmm. It's not Louis Erickson, by I the way. That was, my <laughs> guess. that was
1: Ryan's guess. He was wrong. Close. Came a little short. I mean
3: you traded Tyler Sagan for oh, that guy. Bum, you bum, a bum, Can I hear it one more time? I think I know it. Let me hear it again.
1: Um David Posternock close to a sixty goal pace this year. This Bruins legend has cracked sixty goals four times in his career.
3: Pretty sure I know this.
1: Or he did in his career.
3: Not totally sure. I'm pretty sure.
1: All right. Looks like everyone's done writing. So let's go ahead and get your answers to the question. This Bruins legend cracked sixty goals four times in his career. Mego. Why don't Esposito? you? Uh, Esposito is correct. Phil Esposito. Phil Esposito also uh, got by Jones there. Very good. He had uh, sixty goals. He had more than sixty goals a bunch of times.
3: Do me a favor. Spell it. I was I was nervous about my spelling. E S
1: P O. S I T O. Yeah,
2: I can, I can spell it. How es-casino. else
3: would
4: you spell it? With this do not I don't.
3: I don't know. I've been getting everything wrong today. I'm second guessing so myself. So conscious In
1: the 1970-71 season, Espo had 76 goals, and that is a uh, Bruins record. All right, yeah, here's
3: that, This is though. This is like classic. Uh, old guy argument when they are like, yeah, they used to play defense in the NBA in the 80s. The Celtics used to play defense.
4: This is more about like the hand-checking era. No, but
3: I'm saying, but like, if you ever watch, (laughs) oh my God, if you ever watch like some of these old Esposito highlights, it's like goalies on their skates, you know, just like, Ze- zero defense, goalies were terrible. Were it's like yeah, he scored seventy six goals. <laughs> the goalies had no padding on. Either. It was like it guys was are like,
4: smoking on the bench.
3: It was it was easier for Espo to score back then than it was for Allmark the other night. Like Allmark had more challenges to score than freaking Espo. So like yeah, seventy six goals it was a joke. Everybody scored seventy six goals. We missed goals back that then.
4: by the way from the text line. Uh, great idea, great pitch for a Boston movie based on Allmark's goal.
3: <laughs> there it is. How about, goal. the, how about the trade that never was? Trading <laughs> trading the future Vesna winner on a Stanley Cup winning team at the NHL's trade deadline. And here, here's your tagline. It could line. be like a draft day type move.
1: Kingston, Ontario for the Kingston Frontenac. <laughs> Very good. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, all right, strong start for both of you. Let's go to question two. Uh, Jason Tatum was ejected last night for the first time in his career. He's not the first Celtic to get ejected this year, though. Two other Celtics have been ejected this year. Who are they? One point for each uh, name that you get. I mean.
4: Whoa. is changing the rules here. This has got to be a gimme. Yeah, this is easy. Oh, well, okay. I say that if I get it wrong. I mean, I, m-
3: punch me. I might have it wrong. I mean, one I I, mean, one I know. <laughs> not to give it away but one I uh, but one I know everybody knows yeah the other one i think should be equally obvious I if mean, you
1: remember I, the event it was a pretty did, yeah so i right.
3: i got to be honest i don't remember any specific events but i am oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure i i'm pretty sure i know maybe i don't
4: maybe i don't, I don't. now i
3: gonna, remembered the event before i remembered it. the player and again if you're on the same line that i think jones is thinking on then you'll get this other one pretty easy Oh, now I'm second guessing myself. What was I th- it? I think Can I know. Just say Ryan's it? I'm throwing curveballs out there. Well, I like you gotta let the listeners I play always along a little bit. Tell
1: better. the truth except when I lie. And talk it out. Okay. All right, two other Celtics have been ejected this season along with Jason Tatum. Who are they? Uh Jones, let's hear from you. I said
3: Marcus Smart. That is correct. Duh. And the the buzzer went before I even answered. By the way, we knew that. And and, I, and Grant it's Grant, be Grant Williams is the other yes. one. I was gonna say it's gotta yes, be Grant. Uh, Grant Williams that's punched the
1: ball into the stands. Right. And Marcus Smart was uh, arguing of call. I think when the Oklahoma City Thunder game, yeah, uh, that they got smoked and he got kicked out of it's that. It's just
3: game. all the little baby children who cry about the refs. Tatum's the latest one to do it, but it's just think of all the biggest babies on the team. There's a lot of them, and yeah, Are they that's,
4: little babies. That's
3: how I answered it. Yes, they're little teeny little teeny tiny babies, little bears. Three is little what they babies. are. Yes, the three little babies, the three little bears. That's uh that's what it is. Okay. So we've uh All right, we'll both work. Mego. This has never happened. We're both working on a perfect game. This is the best work you've ever done
1: in a three-question trivia
2: game. I'm so nervous. <laughs> we're, sitting here,
3: we're sitting here. We're sitting here. You know
4: what, Arkan? You wield a lot of power for somebody who never has to answer trivia. But we're, we're
3: both perfect. It's not just one or the other. We're I both know. sitting here perfect. Like, <laughs> that's something. amazing. Dueling no-hitters? <laughs> dueling perfect games? What does that happen <laughs> in <laughs> baseball? It's true. All right, question three. got a
4: pretty mouth.
1: Gross. Um, here's question number three. We talked a lot about Boston movies or movies set in Boston today. Uh-huh. Which of these movies, Deliverance is not one of them, which of these movies is not set in Boston? Oh, boy. Is it World War Z starring Brad Pitt? Is it The Next Karate Kid starring Hilary Swank? Or is it The Equalizer starring Denzel Washington?
3: Wait, wait,
4: wait. So we're not talking about shot in Boston. We're talking about the movies set in based Boston. in Boston.
1: Okay. Which of these movies is not uh. set in Boston?
4: Can you read them again? Yeah, World
1: War again. Z, Okay. The Next Karate Kid, or The Equalizer?
3: I'm sorry. The question is which one
1: is not. Is not. So boxes. two are. Two are and one is not.
4: None of these made my list.
1: Oh boy. Well, if they did, it would have been kind of easy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's why which I one think is not? Went th- away from that. This
4: <laughs> snark over here.
1: Yeah, this is how Jeopardy should be. What's his name up there? Jennings just just you know, belittling singers. all the opponents. Don Rickles. <laughs> <laughs> just roasting the contestants. At least all this, right. at least this is multiple choice.
3: School? <laughs>
1: at least this is multiple choice. It's the only way I even have a shot at this. That's true. I'm expanding my uh, repertoire here. Yeah, all that's right. True. Which of these movies is not about set in Boston? Is it World War Z starring Brad Pitt, is it The Next Karate Kid starring Hillary Swank, or Is it The Equalizer starring Denzel Washington? Which of those movies, Meggo, is not set in Boston?
4: I went with Next Karate Kid.
3: That is incorrect. Damn! That is incorrect. Okay, so we're down to a 50-50 chance for me. Jones, uh, which is it? I've seen none of these. Obviously, you've seen none of these. I don't think I've seen any of them. I haven't. I went with World War Z. World War Z is correct.
1: World War Z is the one that was set in Philadelphia. And I think a couple other places, but that was like the main place. It was. Uh, they were in
3: Jerusalem first. Also
1: went to Jerusalem. Apparently, yeah, I, Mega loses. I haven't seen that one. Mega loses Again. at the buzzer. Uh, J- Jones with the buzzer beater.
3: Wow. Honestly, tough loss there, Mega. Honestly, greater than the birth of my son. That was great. That was great. <laughs> greater than the birth of my son. That was that was something. Because it's like that took so long. I mean, that was like days and days and days. And it's like, just get here already. This was great. This was quite a thrill. Quite a thrill, perfect game, and Nobody just
4: saw that movie.
3: Here's what I had to do. I had to read Arkin. See, here's here's what I had to do, Mega. I had to read Arkin because I'm like you were
4: looking at him. Well, I just listening I, to I was, was just getting
3: into the mind of Arkin. You know how like in Catch Me If You Can they wound up hiring Leo DiCaprio, e- even though even though he was scamming everybody, they wound up hiring him to like catch the scammers. This is what I did. I got in his mind. I said, Well, he wouldn't put the Karate Kid in. That must have been set in Boston. No one would assume that's set in Boston. And then I had to choose between the Equalizer and World War Z, and then that was a 50-50 proposition. But I read them. Like at the poker table. Chris Moneymaker over here. <laughs> I read them. Uh, anyway, that'll do it for us. 617-779-7937. Jump in line for Keefe at the top of the hour. We're back at 2 tomorrow on WEI.
0: Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv.